Hello, 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 and welcome to episode two of the Fit Life Project podcast. So before I get going today, a huge thanks to everyone who downloaded and listened to episode one and got some great feedback and appreciate all the love. So thanks again. On today's episode, I want to talk about two main topics. First one being goal setting, um, mainly goal specificity. It's a fucking hard word to say. Um, And the second one being uh, habits and how habits can form, how we can change them and how habits have such a huge effect on our day to day lives. Okay, so starting with goal setting and achieving our goals. um, Something I've encountered a lot here when I go through consultations with personal training clients is a lot of people don't have a very specific goal. So people come in and they say something like, you know, I want to tone up I want to get a bit fitter you know I want to generally just look and feel a bit better Um, and I always say to them exactly what do you want to change exactly what you want to achieve so I always try and break it down into something we use called SMART goals and this is something that's well known for kind of goal setting so SMART is an acronym for S is specific so be very specific on your goals instead of saying I want to lose weight set yourself a goal I want to lose 10 pounds um, your goal might be instead of saying I want to get fit your goal should be something like I'm going to join a gym I'm going to weight train three days per week that's my goal Um, so be very specific with your goal again is it fat loss is it building muscles you generally just want to look better in a t-shirt is it sports specific do you want to get bigger do you want to get stronger do you want to get faster zone in on exactly what it is you want to accomplish the next one M this is for measurable so whatever our goal is that we have a means of measuring our progress and tracking our progress so not just stepping on a scale you know pictures tape measurements do them religiously every four to six weeks or whatever time scale you set yourself but we have some way of tracking our progress Next one is achievable. So we're setting goals that are realistic to us within our lifestyle. So um, people setting unachievable goals can often set them up for failure. And I see this with people that come in to me and they say, you know, I want to lose two stone in four weeks or a stone in three weeks. And trust me, they're fucking out there. I had a guy come in to me before and he says to me, you know, I want to lose some weight of wedding coming up and want to fit back into my suit is currently too small on me i was like cool we've got a specific goal we've got a timeline when is the wedding he was like three weeks time and he probably needed to lose the guts of 10 to 12 pounds to fit into this suit but anyway my point is set yourself goals that are achievable that are not going to set you up for failure before you even begin next one then is or this is for relevant and this basically means that you're going to set goals that are relevant to you right now within your lifestyle. So, you know, if you're an example, if you're a dad with three kids, you work full time, you got the whole football practice with the kids at the weekend and all this stuff. Is it that important to you to get a six pack at the minute? You know, if you set that as your goal, is that relevant to you where you are right now in your life? And you've got to ask yourself some serious questions here. If it is, then cool, that's your decision, but I'm betting in nine cases out of 10 that it's not. And I'm just using that as an example. So set yourself goals that are important to you and that you can fit into your lifestyle. Um, And then the last one is T for timely. Set ourselves a timescale. So instead of saying, you know, I want to lose 30 pounds, set yourself a goal of 30 pounds in six months. 
you break that down then and that's you know roughly one 1.1 pound per week over six months and um, you've got yourself a time scale you've got a long time scale in your six months you've got a short time scale in what you want to lose weekly um, and it sounds a lot more realistic and achievable when you break it down and you say 1.1 pound a week as opposed to 30 pounds no because that sounds a bit daunting and you think fuck i'm never gonna get that but anyway so write that down smart goals specific measurable achievable relevant and timely set yourself your goals be specific um, and that can again have a huge impact on whether you're actually going to reach these goals or not and again, don't be afraid to ask for help. So you got this idea in your head of how you want to look, you don't know how to achieve it. Go fucking talk to a coach, talk to a trainer, find someone that's reputable in the area and, you know, seek some help. People these days seem to be very reluctant to ask anyone for help. I fucking got my own coach about two years ago, someone to look after my programming. Shout out to Stefano, the Italian stallion, um, <laughs> absolute legend in bodybuilding circles. But um, yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. So, you know, take a guy, like I said, he has an idea of how he wants to look in a T-shirt and he doesn't know how to achieve it. So he knows he's got some fat to lose, but he wants to build muscle and he doesn't know which to do first. Do I start weight training heavy and, you know, what way do I eat? I don't know what to do. So he goes, he's a coach. Coach tells him straight away, right, if this is how you want to look, we've got our specific goals, we've got a timeline. Let's say we've got, um, you know, 20 weeks. So we're going to spend the first eight or 10 weeks. We're going to cut down as much fat as possible. We're going to get your body fat down to as low a percentage as possible. And then we're going to start in a very slight surplus, building that muscle back up and seeing how we look. And again, I feel for people these days, you know, that maybe don't know any better. There is so much conflict in information on social media these days, even between, you know, what we consider to be fairly reputable coaches that might have different opinions on certain things. So be careful who you grant fake authority to. It's not always the person that's in the best shape who will give the best advice. And it's not always the person that boasts about being the best or the most um, knowledgeable that gives the best advice. For instance, the biggest guy in the gym isn't always necessarily the guy that's going to give you the best advice. Because number one, he's probably, let's just say, enhanced, i.e. taking so much fucking juice that his tits are starting to grow lumps <laughs> or uh, he's working within you know trainer parameters that suit him and his lifestyle so what works for him isn't going to work for you and that goes for everyone so you know finding a reputable coach and someone that's going to look at everything you've gone on in your life and devising a trainer plan that's going to work best for you and failing that if you don't want to hire a coach you know doing your own research and trying to filter through the bullshit as much as possible so I talked already about breaking your long-term goal into small stages. So I come back again to the person who needs to lose about 30 pounds, two stone. Um, instead of saying, I want to lose 30 pounds, you're going to break that up into a weekly goal, being, you know, one pound, 1.1 pound a week. If you go over or below it, it's not a big deal. You can make it up the following week. So you have a weekly goal, you've got your end goal, and then you just set yourself a realistic goal. And how often can I get into the gym to try and achieve these goals? What is a realistic diet for me in order to achieve these goals? And is it sustainable over the six months? So for someone to lose a pound a week, it's not going to take a huge amount of change to the diet. It's not going to take an insane amount of training. It's a very realistic goal to achieve. Instead of looking at long-term goal, you're breaking that long-term goal. And don't get me wrong, all for being 
ambitious and setting yourself these big goals, but definitely don't just focus on the big goal. Break it down into steps and them small steps, them daily changes, creating them good habits, they're going to serve you not just for the six months that you want to reach your end goal or whatever time scale you've set, but they're going to serve you for a lifetime. Because what we're trying to do all the time is promote good habits with regards to training, nutrition. If we make them small daily changes, be consistent with them over a period of time. So, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, you're going to find that them habits become part of your life. You don't have to think about them as much anymore. It's not huge changes. You know, if you look at the guy that completely changes his diet, he wants to lose the 30 pounds and he says, right, I'm going to just scrap my current diet. I'm going to get a food plan of someone else and I'm going to eat that. You compare him to the guy who says, right, I want to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to just try and cut about 500 calories a day out of my diet. And he finds a way in which to do that. Whatever it is, intermittent fasting, calorie counting, whatever. There's a million fucking ways to do it. Guess who's going to be successful in the long term? It's the guy that makes the small, sustainable changes and he does it consistently over a long period of time. You do it long enough, it becomes habit. When it's habit, you don't have to think about it. It's part of your lifestyle. It's set in your brain. It's hardwired in your brain. Something you can do every day that's realistic within the confines of your lifestyle and that you can do long term. Which brings me on beautifully, and I hadn't planned for this, but it brings me on beautifully to my next topic, which is habits. Habit setting, habit formation. How do we break them? How do we create good habits? So first of all, let's break it down. What does habit mean? Habit definition, an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. So habit is something that we do so repeatedly that it becomes almost hardwired in the brain and you do it now without even thinking about it. So let's give you an example of something that you do every day that is a habit that you don't realize it's a habit because you've done it so often that you don't think about it anymore. So if you take, for example, every morning or every night or every time you leave the fucking house that you're going to walk down the hallway, you're going to turn off the light switch on the wall, you're going to walk out the door and lock it. Okay, that's something we do every day if the light is on, mind you. So let's say if you're leaving the house at night time, walk down the hall, turn off the switch, walk out the door and lock it. You walk down the hall, turn off the switch, walk out the door and lock it. Ask yourself now, every time you walk down that hall, are you actively thinking, I'm going to turn off this switch? Or is it just something you do? You're not walking down the hall saying, God, what have I got to do? Yeah, I have to go turn off that switch. No, it's just something you do. You turn off the switch. You've done that so many times that that habit is ingrained in your brain. It's not something you have to actively think about. It's the same as locking the door. You walk out the door, you lock it behind you. Think about when you're reversing out of your driveway, you get into the car, you're reversing. The first time you had to reverse out of your driveway when you moved into your current house, you had to check the mirrors, you had to check, is there anything behind you? You had to have a look at the pillars, get your spatial awareness. You know, you have all these things that you have to do, your seatbelt. But now you just jump in after so many times doing it. You jump in, you reverse out of the driveway. You're not actively thinking about doing all these things. It's just habit. These habits form. So what now if you were to move house? Next week, when you're going for a night out, you walk down the hall, you go to turn the light off on your right hand side, the switch is gone, switch is now on your left. Now you're having to actively think, okay, shit, no, the switch is on the other side, I'm going to turn it off this side. Then you walk out the door, lock it. Next time you walk down, you're actively thinking again, I forgot the last time the switch was on the right, it's on the left, turn off the switch, walk out the door. Eventually you do it so many times, now you're not thinking about it. You turn to the left, you knock off the switch, you walk out the door, you lock it. You do that so many times, it becomes involuntary. You know it's there. It comes from a primitive part of our brain called the basal ganglia, which is a small part of the brain at the base of the skull where it meets the spinal column. 
Researchers believe that this part of the brain is what stores habits. So what stores these involuntary things that we do every day. And they also believe that up to 40% of the choices and the decisions we make every day are done through habit, that we're not actively thinking about making these decisions. So again, like locking the door when you leave the house, that's not something you're sitting, having your breakfast, thinking about. You're not thinking, I'm going to make sure I lock the door when I leave the house. It's just something you've done so often that you automatically do it. You walk out, you close the door, you lock it, you get into your car, you drive away, you go to work, whatever it is. These are habits. And these have a huge, huge, fucking huge influence on our day-to-day lives. As you start thinking about habits, you start thinking about bad habits also. And bad habits might be something like you have that cigarette after dinner or you smoke. You might have, you know, you might just get a coffee every morning going to work. But with that coffee, you're getting a muffin or whatever it is. And all these things are working against your goals. So we have to start breaking them down and looking at how can we break these habits? How can we introduce better habits? This is something that isn't just opinion. This is something that is... Back scientifically, so there was a doctor in, I believe it was the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Her name was Dr. Anne Grebiel. She was a neurologist and she started testing this on rats. So she managed to get about 150 of these tiny little neurological sensors inside a rat's head, inside its skull. And they started measuring the brain activity of the rat as it went through a maze to find a reward at the end, which was a piece of chocolate. So the maze was a T. They placed the rat at the bottom of the T with a screen door in front of it. The click would signify the start of the test. The screen door would slide and the rat was then free to roam the maze and find the piece of chocolate. Now, what he had to do was walk down the long part of the T, turn left at the top of the T and find the chocolate down there in the corner. On average, it took the rats or any new rats that ran through this test about 13 minutes to find that piece of chocolate. They'd walk up and down the long part of the tea. They might turn right at the top to be scratching, they'd be smelling. It took them about 13 minutes to find that reward at the end. Now, the more they ran the same rats through this test, the more their neurological activity started to decrease, but the faster they started to get to the reward at the end. So less brain activity, but faster action time to get to the reward. So they started to believe that this was based around three things and They believe that these three things are crucial for forming new habits or for identifying these three things in order to break a bad habit. So the three things being cue, routine, reward. The cue was the screen door sliding and the click. The routine was the rat walking down the long part of the T and turning left. And the reward was the chocolate at the end in the corner of the left-hand side of the T. Now, you start to think about any bad habit that you might currently have and it's going to revolve around these three things. Cue, routine, reward. So the researchers started to work out that in order for us to break any of these habits that we need to change one of them three things, cue, routine or reward, usually being the cue or the reward. So let's take, for example, somebody works in a city somewhere. So someone in Dublin, New York, London, whatever, working in an office at the end of every work week on a Friday, Friday evening, they go for a couple of drinks with their work colleagues to celebrate the end of the working week and then they go home and they go to sleep. What if the cue was finishing work on a Friday? The routine was instead of going to the bar, you're going to go for an after work run with your friend. And the reward then is you get the dopamine hit and you get the endorphin release and the social aspect of running with your friend and getting some exercise in. So another example might be that your cue is you come home from work in the evening. The routine is that you go and you cook dinner. And the reward is you give yourself a dessert at the end. You feel like it's deserved after a long work day. You've come home, you've cooked dinner, got the kids organized, whatever it might be. So what if we change the reward now to 
you know, you're going to take the money that you would have spent on dessert. So whatever you have in the freezer, your romantica, your ice cream, cake, whatever in the fridge, you take the money you would have spent on that. You're going to put that into a jar instead. So you, your cue is your trigger. Again, you come home from work. The routine is you cook dinner and the reward is you're going to put this money into a jar. And at the end of every week, you're going to take that money, whatever it's going to be, 10, 15 quid, and you're going to buy yourself something with it at the weekend. You're getting a physical reward at the end of a tough week. So again, for every habit and and look at each bad habit that you might have, look at the cues being the triggers, look at the routine, what you do and look at the reward, what you reward yourself at the end. It's usually like a physical reward, something that the brain recognizes as being something you enjoy. So they're the three integral parts of breaking habit. And, you know, this is all in a book uh, called The Power of Habit. I really recommend people reading it, not just for any fitness or goals, but, you know, in business and life in general, really good book. It's by a guy called Charles Duhigg, who was, as far as I remember, a business reporter for the New York Times. And he started really getting into sort of the power of habit and how it affects our day to day life. So really, really worth a read. And again, you know, this all sounds great to say it in passing, but we start enforcing these small little things in our lives. You'll be amazed at the positive effect it can have. You focus on these small habits, creating these new habits daily, these small changes. Over the course of time, they'll accumulate. You start putting these habits into practice more and more until they're hardwired in the brain and that basal ganglia part of your brain, the base of your skull, until you're not even thinking about it anymore. It just becomes part of your routine. One of the biggest questions that gets put to me as a coach and probably any other coach out there is how do you maintain willpower or how do you teach motivation? And willpower probably being one of the biggest things in order for success. But willpower is something that's created. It's not something that can be taught and it's not something that you just achieve. You get willpower by creating habits. So basically you're choosing a reaction ahead of time. So if I say I'm going to create a habit, I'm not going to have dessert after dinner tonight. I'm going to put that two euro into a jar. I'm choosing a reaction ahead of time. And like the light switch, like changing the light switch from the right hand side of the door to the left hand side of the door, that habit will then get ingrained over time. Not only are you now on your way to your goals, but you've created a good, healthy daily habit that you can do long term. There was a study done in, I believe it was university in Hamburg. Maybe it wasn't Hamburg. It was definitely fucking Germany anyway. So don't quote me on Hamburg. So they tested 130 people. And what they found was that the studies of people who started new exercise regimes, that they showed to be more likely to stick to it if there was a specific cue. So, you know, an example of starting a new good habit for anyone that maybe wants to start running would be leave your runners beside your bed. That's your cue. You get up in the morning, your cue, your trigger is that you put on your runners, they're beside your bed. The routine is you go for a run and the reward is you get to come back from your run. You've got that endorphin release. Your brain is buzzing. And you can get to come home and, you know, enjoy getting ready for work knowing that you've got your exercise done for the day and you can come home in the evening and relax. That is a perfectly good example of the Q routine reward loop. So just a recap on today. We went through the benefits of setting goals, setting your SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and timely. How to know your goals. So, you know, being honest with yourself asking yourself what you want to look like, what it is you want to achieve, being very, very specific. Goal specificity, getting better at saying that. Um, Asking for help. Don't be afraid to reach out, talk to a trainer, talk to a coach. You know, ask a friend if they're doing quite well. What are you guys doing? Is there anything that I can learn from you? Break down large goals into stages, into daily habits. We talked about the cute routine reward loop. 
So try and work out your own habits and how they fit into that loop. And start thinking about what good habits you can implement into your own life at the minute. Have you time for a run in the morning? Have you time for a weight session in the morning? You know, if you're someone that struggles to get to the gym after work, maybe it's something to think about. Maybe it's that you have your gym bag ready and packed. So the second you get in from work, you grab your gym bag and you're gone straight to the gym. Maybe it's you leave your gym bag in the car so you go to the gym on the way home. Whatever it is, set yourself some new routines, some new habits and try and be consistent with them to the point where they actually become habit and becomes part of your lifestyle. So yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. I've rambled on long enough. Um, hope that all of you lot could take something from all of my waffle today. As always, check out our website, www.fitlifestudios.ie. Check out our online coaching section if anyone needs any help with any of the stuff we talked about today. And in general, just, yeah, have a fucking great day. Sun is shining today, so I'm going to go. I'm going to grab another coffee. I'm going to sit out the back. Thanks again for tuning in, and I guess we'll see you next time.